The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show. I hope you have been having a great summer that's coming to an end now, starting with my favorite season, which is fall. I just love fall. And here we are already. This year goes so fast. But I want to thank all of you, all of you listeners that have been so loyal to this show. It really does mean so much. And I, I can't believe how many people I meet that listen to the archives of the show. So just to remind you, all of these shows can be listened to at another time on Voice America. Uh, just go to either my website, BenderConsult.com, or VoiceAmerica.com, and you can listen to one of the shows when it's more convenient for you. And one last thing before we start, I want to send out a special hello to my close friend Yoshiko Dart, who just keeps me going all the time with her great spirit. Yoshiko, hello to you and to the spirit of Justin. So I just wanted to say hi. All right, we have a great guest today. Our guest, who I first heard about him from Tony Coelho and Bob Dreher, is someone that I think you're really going to enjoy talking to. George Dennehy is our guest today. He's a musician, um, and he is an astounding musician. But I will let him talk to you a little bit about that. But first, welcome to the show, George. Hey, thank you. Um, George, for our listeners throughout the country and later on when this is replayed, for those listening in other parts of the world. How, how about if you begin by telling our listeners how you first joined the disability community? Well, uh, I first uh, joined because I uh, was born without arms. That's um, kind of who I am. So all my life I've been kind of closely affiliated with the uh, disability community, and uh, my family has adopted uh, several children without dis- uh, with disabilities, including myself, and um, that's been uh, you know bringing me to just uh, being with people with disabilities and just interacting with them, and because they're kind of like me. You know what? And like me, because I'm living with epilepsy and a hearing loss. But I just want to say something about your family. Sure. They are awesome. They are really awesome because in some parts of the world, children with disabilities in other uh, third world countries are left behind, orphans, sometimes even um, killed. I mean, it's terrible. And I know I'm a big supporter of World Vision where I sponsor like 12 different children throughout Africa and one in India and one in Guatemala. And when I am talking to World Vision, they'll always tell me, 
oh, the hardest children to get someone to sponsor are children with disabilities. So I just want to say that your family, my hat's off to them. They are awesome for what they're doing. Thank you. So, George, what in the world caused you to become a musician? And I know that there are many people that would say, why, how could he do that? That's impossible. So so what made you want to do this? Well, uh the story is that um, when I was very young, I was eight years old, and my my mom, she had her three older children already taking music lessons with um, a, a lady at our church, and my mom had seen a video of a man named Tony Melendez, uh, and he is also an armless guitar player, and she um, went up to this, this teacher in my church and proposed an idea that I learned to play music because she just thought, it, you know, music is good for the soul and all that stuff. And so that's how it all started. I began playing the cello when I was eight years old. Wow, the cello. Yes, ma'am. I mean, I know people that wouldn't be able to play that when they are 30 years old. That, that is, what, what made you choose the cello, if I may ask? Um... The cello was kind of a choice between my mom and the teacher. I, I was so young, so I didn't really have much of a say in the matter. But um, it was a, the cello is just a good-sized instrument, and, you know, I have feet and toes, and the notes on a cello are kind of more spread out, which is, which makes it easier. A violin would have been too small and just stuff like that. So the cello was a good choice in size and um, just how easy it, or how much easier it would have been for me to play. So you learned to play the cello using your feet. Yes. That that is just unbelievable. How 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 I'm sure that was very difficult. Yeah, at first it was. Um we just had the cello on the floor and then kind of propped up with a little pillow and um cuz we had no idea what what we were doing. And then later on a man from our church who is just an, a brilliant guy, he um built this stand just out of his own brain, and he figured out that this stand that he would build would um, hold the cello up in the air, and uh, yeah. because cause that way the sound isn't condensed from the floor, because that's how mm-hmm. it was. And um, so I began to sit on a stool and play the cello on this uh, stand that he had made. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you why I think this is so so great. Everyone that knows me knows that I'm all about no pity. You know, don't feel sorry for us with a disability. Just give us a chance. And many times people lower the bar. They really do. They have all these, no, you can't do this, and no, you won't be able to do that. And obviously you didn't listen to that, and you are a great example of one of those people with a disability that did not allow society to lower your expectations or your dreams of what you could accomplish. And and to me, that is absolutely so critical because so many young people with disabilities, they just give up on any of their dreams, uh, many of them because people have lowered the bar. But I think you have really lifted the bar by doing what you've done. Thank you. Yeah, to- totally. That's, um, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't want anything to get in my way of what I want to do. See all of you young people with disabilities listening to the show right now? I hope you hear what he said, and I hope you hear his spirit. Remember what I've said. 
no pity, equal opportunity. Don't lower the bar, raise the bar. Don't think you can, can't do it, look at him. But see, George has the right attitude. George realizes that just because you have a disability, that doesn't mean you live in a world of, no, I can't. So, um, and as I, as I know, you are playing an instrument that is very difficult to play. And you obviously have a high degree of intellect to do that because you were playing classical music on the cello at the age of eight. Mm-hmm. Classical music. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough for people to play classical music on any instrument, yet do this the way you have done when you are a person with a disability without arms. So let's talk about that for a minute. Number one, why did you choose classical music? And number two, uh, who were some of the composers that you enjoy uh, playing playing music from? Um. We chose classical music because that's just kind of how the way of our church was. It was a very traditional church, I guess you could say, kind of hymns and, I don't know, piano music. So this lady, she she just taught classical music and right out of Suzuki, like the Suzuki training books. And mm-hmm. that's how we just, uh, her lessons are what we did. So that's the classical music of it. And um, some composers that we that I played were um, kind of the, the big ones like Bach and Mozart and um, they're pieces that they wrote for solo instruments. Sometimes you you would play a violin piece on the cello. Just, it was just it would be arranged differently. And that was, that was really fun too. Wow. Two of, the, uh, two of my favorite composers you've just mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that uh, all of our listeners would really love to know, uh, and he, he does have other type of music we'll be talking about later, but did you not tell me that you can be downloaded on iTunes? Yes. Uh, recently I just released a single that I recorded in Nashville with um, some professional songwriters, and it's, the song is called It's a Gift. It's a Gift by um, George Dennehy, and it's on iTunes right now. I mean, you can ninety nine cents, and you can buy it. In the yeah, that's a big, that was a big milestone. It's so cool to have a song on iTunes. Yeah, that is that is awesome. Well, we're going to be getting ready to go to break here in a couple minutes, but I just wanted to tell you again, George Dunahy, musician. Um, and person with a disability that is saying, don't lower the bar, I'm going to do what I want, and is an incredible musician. You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with George. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Hoffman Connection for inspiration, a life of passion and purpose. Hosts Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon will bring you ways to remove the blocks in your life that are holding you back. Along with their guest experts, Raz and Ed will use their experience and expertise to help you learn to get closer to what matters to you most. And by doing so, improve your life and the lives of others. The Hoffman Connection can be heard live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking to George Dennehy, and let me just tell you something I just found out. This accomplished musician who started playing the cello when he was eight, a man with a disability that does not have arms, that plays with his feet when he plays the cello, and other music we're going to be talking about in a minute, is 18 years old. Wow! George, who knows what you're going to be doing by the time you're 25. I'll be watching you on the Grammys. I mean, that is amazing. Well, you are definitely, definitely a good role model for young people living with disabilities. And look what you've already accomplished. Phenomenal. But I know another reason that you're very well known, George, and that's because you also play modern music, and you did get to work with a little group somewhat well-known called the Goo Goo Dolls. So how about if you tell our listeners all about that? Yeah, I also play the guitar and um, the piano, and just kind of when I got when I, as I started getting older, I kind of wanted to play more cool music. I guess you could say cool instruments like guitar and bass. And um, so I started learning guitar, and eventually I um, I won at my high school. I won this scholarship for kind of like music and arts appreciation, I guess. And um, it was called a, it was called the Strawberry Fair Scholarship, and in my town, we have this fair every year, and I won the scholarship, so I performed at this fair, and somebody got it on videotape and put it up on YouTube, and that video went viral, and it went all over the world, and so many people saw it, and in a span of like two days, it went from 500 views to like 500,000 views, 
and it just went crazy. And the drummer for the Goo Goo Dolls saw it, and he showed because I at the I'm sorry I forgot to mention at this at the Strawberry Fair I performed Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls their song. Mm-hmm. So because I just love that song and that whole the message of that song is just just perfect. And so he got in contact with me and um, asked me if I would be interested in, you know, playing with them. And that's how, that's how it happened. And? And I did. We, yeah, yeah, we, we went to, we went to, we went to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania and I, um, performed before them. I actually opened for them. I played two, two songs before they went on stage and before that, in the afternoon, there was a big kind of press conference deal where I played three songs, and local TV stations and stuff were around with cameras and asking me questions, and it was it was a crazy day. Wow. Well, what were they like? How did they treat you? They were just amazed. They were so amazed and inspired, I guess, by seeing me just up there doing doing my thing. So they were nice to you. The Goo Goo Dolls were nice to you. Oh yeah, they were. They were so nice. You know, a big rock rock star band like that. I just, I guess your first thought would be like, oh, you know, they're going to be stuck up and whatnot. But they were, they were so generous and nice, and they loved the fact that I could just play their song. We actually practiced, had a little practice session because they wanted to see if, in a in a in a, in a press conference interview later, they said they wanted to see if I could, you know, play the song with them and all this stuff and first try it was like perfect and they were amazed by that oh that is so awesome now you played the guitar when you when you did this right yes what what type of guitar was that uh it was an acoustic an Ibanez acoustic guitar acoustic. yes so how long did it take you to like have your head come down out of the clouds after you played with the goo goo dolls <laughs> oh about a week i was just like it was just unbelievable. Oh, well, that is, you know, that is a, very few 18-year-olds get a chance to go up and play with a uh, well-known rock band like the Goo Goo Dolls. So that really was a tremendous opportunity for you. Yeah. But anyway, okay, we have our first question from a Larry in Indiana. And the question is, George, um, I know about you. I think it's really awesome what you do. I have to ask you, though, what has given you the fortitude to do this when so many would think you cannot? Well, I think what's given me the most fortitude would be support from friends and family. Um, people, I guess people just see that this is what I do, and music is just a part of who I am. So they um, have been so supportive about whatever I do. And also... Um, like my school and my church, my church has been so supportive because that's kind of how a lot of this has been happening. I've been lately, I've been playing a lot of different churches and speaking because because I, I have a strong faith in in God and I believe He has orchestrated all of this for me because I had no control in any of it. So uh, lately, I've just been playing at a lot of different churches and they've been so supportive of me all over the town. Not even my church, just bunch of other churches around the area so just continued support from friends family and and 
churches around the area. Just and what keep, uh, what's keeping me going? Now, did you always have this unbelievably great attitude? Because, as you might guess, I know of people that, like, if they just have a broken leg, they're complaining, you know, constantly. And here you are, instead of being negative or poor me, you're saying you believe that all of this was orchestrated so you could, you know, have these great things happen. Have you always felt like that? No, I, I can't. I can't say that I have. Um, when I was when I was younger and kind of in the elementary school slash middle school age, that, that was a really rough time where I was in so much doubt and I just didn't think that you know there was anything for me. It was just I don't know. It was hard being different when you're kind of in that time of your life when you're trying to find your place in your school and stuff, and that was a rough time. Yeah, and then uh, what happened? I just, it just clicked with me that, you know, I need to stop sitting in my sorrow because I'm not getting anywhere with that. I'm not growing arms because I'm being sad about not having arms. So I just realized that this happened for a reason. I was born like this, and um, it was on purpose, and I can't, I need to figure out what, what that purpose was or is, and I just figured, you know, nothing's changing, so I might as well make the most of it. Well, because you're going to impact millions of people, and I'm sure you already have impacted so many people, and because you're giving hope to uh, other people with this great attitude that you have, but also with the not lowering the bar. I think that is so absolutely unbelievable. I think that's awesome. I really do. You mentioned earlier, George, that when you were on YouTube, how many times did you say it was downloaded ultimately? Um, it went from about 500 views just from friends and stuff, and then about a day or two later, it, went, it shot up to 500,000. Wow. Unbelievable. 500,000. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, tell me, do you feel after all of that that you already feel you've helped people, but do you ever see or hear from people with disabilities reaching out to you? Oh, I, I totally have seen and uh, um, heard from a few people who, I guess, struggle, too. And it's just um, they, they've, they've been telling me that it's, it's so cool to see someone like them, not, not really with the same disability, but kind of in the same, you know, there's something different about them. And they, they see that I'm going out there and kind of just trying to make make myself do something with my life, do something big, and uh, just make the most of it. And that has inspired a lot of people with disabilities from comments and emails and Facebook messages and stuff like that. Oh, that is awesome. Well, that's because we have different disabilities, but what we have in common is what you said. We're different. We're different, yeah. and we, um, we're different, but we're all people. See, that's what people don't understand. We're people with disabilities. Not a shame that we have a disability, but we're people, people who should be given the same access to their dreams as every other person does. Yeah. So uh, we have a Tony in Maine, and the question here for you is, uh, George, for those other of us with disabilities, do you ever have times you just feel like throwing in the towel that you think, 
I'm not going to make it or it's not worth anything? And if so, how do you deal with that? Um, I've definitely felt that way in, in the past and even just recently. But I, um, I can't really say it's because of me not having arms, but kind of just me and, I guess, the obstacles that life throws at you. And everyone faces them. And the, the way that I've kind of just been able to keep my head up is just I know, or I, I, I firmly believe there's a reason for everything. And anything that happens in our life, I just, maybe not now, but I know later down the road I'll see, you know, why why this happened, why that happened, and it brought me to where I am today. And I just I just believe that there's, there's a, things don't happen on an accident, especially having a disability. Yeah, something of this nature. Well, I know that if I had not, I had, as the listeners know, most of them, I had an accident in 1985 when I didn't know I had epilepsy. I was at a movie theater. I had had fainting spells, but they were misdiagnosed. And I had a major seizure one evening and hit the floor so hard at this movie theater that I fractured my skull, broke the bones in my right ear, rushed to the hospital in a coma. Um, They went out and told my husband they didn't know if I would make it, but that even if I did, you know, they they don't know if I would know him and maybe have long-term memory loss or not be able to function. Uh, And, you know, here I am. Uh, The only thing that happened is I found out, yes, I have epilepsy and I take medication and I have a hearing loss, but guess what? If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have started a company to find employment for people with disabilities. I would not have met great people like Tony Coelho. I would not have become the chair of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. I would not be presently the chair of the American Association of People with Disabilities, and I never would have seen these hundreds and hundreds of people who have various disabilities across the board all gain employment. So, as you said, if that had not happened, none of the rest of it would have happened. So I also believe there is a reason that things happen. And I hope all of you listening to the show get the same inspiration from this young man. Once again, don't feel sorry for him. Just use him as a role model. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. Don't go away. We'll be back with George in a few minutes. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking to George Dennehy, musician, a uh, young man who is a national leader for people with disabilities, who, by the way, I did not mention this, but George was born in Romania uh, before he was adopted by his parents and just informed me that he went back and he was on TV uh, for one week every night. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. And what did you talk about? I just talked about kind of my life and where I've gone and I guess kind of just my life story on this show kind of from it, the whole story is kind of based around me being adopted from Romania and then mm-hmm. what my life in America was like and then coming back to meet my biological family in Romania and then I also performed about three times on the show too played guitar and sang a few songs now was that hard for you meeting your biological parents it was um it was amazing. It really was, but it was just one of those. It's just such an, an experience. It's like you can't even put it into words, really. And how about them? How did they react? Oh, it was. I don't know. It was so intense. I guess that's yeah. what I can say. Yeah. Well, in Romania, they're not as disability friendly as they are here in the United States. No. So I think. I think that's really good. You did that. Yeah, that was that was kind of that was kind of the aim of what what the mission was to do this thing it was to get there and um, kind of show that hey, I, I was adopted from Romania and look where I am today. And so I because um, we just went there in the TV show and us and we just wanted to get that message out that you know if you're born with disabilities, don't don't shun us. Because um, as a baby, I was kind of shunned a little bit in the orphanage, and we just look look what look what life can do. Like, look where look where you can go. Doesn't matter how yeah, who you are. That's right. That is so true. Hey, we have a question for you from Alinda in Pennsylvania, and the question is, George, I'm interested to know what was it like for you from a learning or education perspective in school. Um, it was harder in the younger years, um, elementary school and a little bit of middle school. Um, I, I do everything with my feet, so writing and reading books and, I guess, eating lunch, that, that wasn't, that wasn't really a problem, just because I just did that, all that, all that stuff, how I do it, but, um, um, in elementary school and early middle school, it was rough, because, I mean, the kids aren't as nice aren't so nice, but luckily in high school, all four years of high school, I was, 
I don't know. It, it, I didn't have any problems at all. I was people kind of looked up to me in high school. They kind of knew, knew me as I don't know, just Jordan. He's just a nice guy. I don't know. High school, oh, that's high school good. Was a lot, high school well, was a lot better. Well, how about the teaching part, though? What was it like in class? Was it different? You know, did they treat you the same? What was that like? Yeah, they treated me the same. I sat in a desk, and I, but I, I just wrote on the floor, and that's what all I did. And, I mean, they, they would, the teachers were very helpful. They, they were, I mean, if I, if I wanted help to staple my papers, they would, they would just staple it for me, or if there's a textbook that's really big on table they would kind of help me just get it but I wanted to be treated as closely to normal as I could while be able to learn normally and that's how it was I just was treated like everyone else do you use uh, speech recognition software today um, for a computer yeah no I just I just type you just type yeah uh, I only ask that because uh, that is such a wonderful technology for so many people. Yeah, uh, we, but, we tried it. I tried it. I just it was it was, it was actually faster for me to just type. Um, I can type wow. pretty fast. You're obviously a very fast typer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's good. That's good though that you were treated the same as everyone else, which I guess you weren't by the kids, and that actually is my next question. Um, for young people listening to the show right now, young people with disabilities, I started doing high, uh, working with high school students and middle school students with disabilities 13 years ago, which I still do this on a volunteer basis, and I could not believe how brutally bullied some of them were. Sadly, a couple of them committed suicide. They just could not deal with it. Um, and, and for anyone listening to the show right now that is going through that, being brutally bullied, what advice do you have for them? Um, I, I would say to, um, I know it's so much easier said than done, but just don't don't listen to what these kids at school are saying because their opinion doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at all. I just graduated high school, and I don't see, like, 96% of the people that I went to school with. And I'm just like, I can't believe I even listened to some of the things that people would say because I don't even see them anymore, and they're doing their thing, and I'm doing my thing. And it's um, just don't let – I just would say don't let people bring you down and don't listen to what other people say because they're just – something's wrong with them, and they don't understand that you – or we have that purpose in our life, and they just are a roadblock that we do have the strength to overcome. And it's it's a it's a it's a fight, but it's a it's a fight that's worth it. So I would just say to not let it bring you down. Let it let it strengthen you. I assume you went through some of this yourself. I did. I did. There there were I can there were times where this was happening. And I understand it. It's 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 really it's rough, and it just makes you it just brings you down. It makes you really really sad. And that I went through that too. So, would you say that is it? It probably helps to like have a friend, someone that can be your buddy through all of this, don't you think? Absolutely. If, if we having having someone having a little community, it's it's needed. It's you can't. <laughs> 
nothing's worse than being alone. And so don't don't put yourself in a position where you are alone. And don't push people away because there are people who care, even if it doesn't seem like it. Oh, that is such good advice you're giving because I have some that between school and then when they go home, Facebook and social media and texting, that they're just getting pounded 24 by 7 on how weird they are, how, you know, what a freak they are, all of this. And um, I tell them all the time, when you're in school, and I know, as you said, this is easier for me to say this, but when you're in school, it seems like these kids, everything, they're the whole world. Oh, my God, their opinion is so important. Oh, I mean, what would I do if, when they... And then you get out of high school, and you look back and you say, what you alluded to before, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. I worried about that. I worried about what they thought, like what was wrong with me. And don't you agree with me, George? Yeah, 100%. Totally. But when you're in school, you don't know that. I always say, if I could put that in a little bottle and give that to everyone, I would be absolutely a trillionaire because no one understands that that is so much going to change, uh, you know, later in their life. But you know what? The one thing George said so important, you need people. Everyone needs someone. Mm -hmm. So when people reach out to you, you should be willing to accept it. Exactly. Well, before I ask you a few more questions, George, obviously you've been impacted by different people in your life, but who would you say, who has been your role model? Let's see. Uh, through all of this and in the past few months, um, Nick Vujic um, has been a role model to me, and he is an Australian inspirational speaker and writer and Christian Christian speaker. He, he was born without arms or legs, and he has such an amazing attitude and is such a great guy. And kind of watching him do what he does inspires me to do what I do. Yeah, I think I've seen him. He is really has a tremendous. He's a great motivational speaker. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have. You know him then? Um, I, I've actually met him once. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I really enjoyed him. I, I think it was on. TV or uh, unless I saw something on the Internet, but I think I saw him speak once at a school or something like that, and he, and he really is truly a great speaker. Yeah. Well, when you were growing up, did you have a role model then? Um, not, not really anyone special kind of besides, I guess, my family and just even my friends that... I just looked up to them and got the same in return. They looked up to me, and we just, just kind of, again, having that community, having that, that build strong relationships and connections, and it's, that's what kept me going, even in the hard times. Well, and let me just say that that is so absolutely critically important because... As, I'm going to go back to something you said before. You can't make it without other people and having friends or pastor or rabbi or family, whomever it is. You know, you learn something from all different people. Sometimes it isn't just one person because you have so many people in your life that have impacted you. 
And you always have to be open-minded and realize that you can learn something from everyone. You know, everyone has something about them that you can learn from. And I, I try to do that. I make that part of my life. And I can tell you have also, George, even though you are at such a young age compared to me. But you may be at a young age, but you are really a smart guy. If you just joined us, we're talking to George Dennehy, who is a musician and who is a friend of all of us living with disabilities and truly a national and international leader for so many people. He is changing lives, and I know he's going to change lives. He's got the power, and he's going to pass that power on. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with George. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Racism. Healing. Oneness of humankind. It is time to join millions of people all over the world who openly talk about racial healing. Some of us are not sure how to tread when discussing race and culture. Until now. Tune in to A Safe Place to Talk About Race with host Sharon E. Davis. Engage with experts and notables. Have a question but are not sure how to ask it? Test it out with our show. It's a safe harbor to explore views and situations that we face every day. A Safe Place to Talk About Race airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed our show today. I have re- I, I love young people. I love young people. And everyone knows my big thing is supporting young people living with disabilities. And this is one person I will be behind, George Dennehy, who is a musician and a great youth leader. And so I make sure we do this. George, what, what is your website in case someone listening, listening to the show wants to reach you? Oh, uh, they, you can go on Facebook.com, just on Facebook, and then search um, my name, George Dennehy, and then music. I have a, I have a page up there where I kind of just put up updates and kind of what's on my heart, and I just kind of keep 
be interactive with um, everyone who, you know, is supportive. So George, George Dennehy Music. Uh, George Dennehy, D-E-N-N-E-H-Y. Yes. George Dennehy Music. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. That is what they go to Facebook, that's how they'll find you, George yeah, Dennehy Music. It's right up there in the search oh. bar. Okay, go to the search bar. All right, well, that's good. And one more time, tell us about that song we want to download from iTunes. This, uh, this song, I uh, recently went down to Nashville and recorded this song with um, a few professional songwriters and musicians down in, in the big old music city. And it's called, the song is called It's a Gift. And it can be downloaded right on iTunes now and uh, for 99 cents. And it's, it's, a great, it's a great song, and um, I think it sounds okay. It sounds pretty good. But the lyrics, the lyrics are, you know, the, the strong point of the song. It's just amazing. The song is so poetic. What, what is it about? The song is about... Um, it's a gift being life and um, how every life has worth and meaning and how, how it doesn't matter what situation we may be in or what position we may find ourselves in, but we can still find a way, we can, we can still find a way to make the most of what we are given, I guess, and how life itself is just the greatest gift of all and don't, don't waste that. And, you know, that shouldn't be taken lightly. It really shouldn't. And that's kind of what the message of the song is. Wow, that sounds awesome. That is awesome. Well, yes, I would encourage everyone to go there. I know I'm going to go there, and I'm going to make sure a lot of people know about that so that we can be supportive of George in his career. George, before I ask you the last two questions, um, tell us about your family. My family is um, it's very big. We have, we have 12 kids, and... Um, Twelve kids and four dogs, but twelve kids. We, my parents have three biological children. All they are all older than me, kind of um, out of out of college and doing their thing. And then I, and then me down. We are all adopted. So nine adopted. I was the first one adopted in from Romania, and um, since then they've adopted a, a boy with India, from India with no arms, also, and. Um, We've also, they've also adopted a girl from China who has a non-functioning kind of deformed hand. And recently we just adopted um, a girl from Thailand who was born without arms or legs. And that, those are the disabled kids that we have in this family. Wow. That is unbelievable. I'm sure you are, you know, you are going to help make this so much easier for them. Yeah, I actually, um, my, my, my brother, who's a year and a half younger than me, he just got his license. And so when he was learning how to drive, I was kind of showing him, you know, driving and stuff. And? <laughs> and Tell was, our listeners how you do that. Oh, I, um, I drive with my left foot on the gas and brake, and I reach up with my right foot and just steer with the wheel up there and do all the functions up there with my right foot as well. And, and you taught him to do the same thing? Uh, yes, pretty pretty much. He he kind of had an idea of how he would do it too, but I kind of just gave him a general, like, hey, this is how you should do it. Yeah, well, hopefully you don't speed because we don't want to teach him that. 
No. I never speed. I'm, I oh, never. yeah, right. You're supposed to be honest there, George. But since you're 18, we'll let you get away with that one. Yeah. So, George, I have asked everyone who has ever been on this show the next two questions. And for some reason, the very next question seems to be the hardest one for anyone to answer. But that question is this. You have accomplished so much, and you have already, and you're only 18. What would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Hmm. My greatest accomplishment would right now easily be going back to Romania and meeting my biological family. That was just, it was such a milestone. And all my life I always knew I, always knew I was adopted and I always knew I had a family out there, like a biological family out there. And I always was so sure that I would go back eventually, but I always had it in my I had it in my head that when I'm like 30 or 40 and I'm, I've been working for 20 years, I'll save up enough money to go and find my family. But I never would imagine that two months after I graduate high school, I get to go there free, along with being on national television and inspiring the con- the whole country. So I that that had to have been my greatest accomplishment so far. Well, I'm sure that had an impact on them, and I, I think it's probably good, you know, that you did that at this young age, because then you don't have to spend the next 20-some years thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that is, unfortunately, you know, what, what, what happens to so many people. Um, but, as I said before, you are also a great role model for everyone including those in your family, because there isn't any, just like whenever I find employment for people with disabilities, whether the person is blind or deaf or in a wheelchair, an amputee, uh, or like you, born without arms or born without legs, it is so great when they're working with another person that has a disability. Um, and, and same thing in the family. How many people we get this great opportunity to have an older brother that not only has this disability, but that has been so successful and only 18 years old. I mean, that that is going to help your family and your younger brother so very much. It really is. So, George, uh, one last question before we move on to my last question from a listener, and that is from Cindy in New York. And the question is, do you have any advice, George, if you have a young child with a significant disability that wants to do things that many people would think are impossible to achieve, and they are hearing that even from family members, what advice do you have? Oh man, uh, I I know exactly what I would tell them. If, if if your child if your child wants wants to do something, you're they they expect, and if they have full support from their parents, that's gonna let make them give it give it all to achieve this um, dream or uh, dream or whatever it is they want to do. I I don't know. I guess the extent of what it is they are willing to are wanting to accomplish, but. When, when even family is doubting you, and that's that's when the line kind of draws, and you make a choice to kind of you can accept that, or you can you can say, I know what you think, but I know I know I can do this. And if you know you can do this, and if you feel it in your heart that this is what you want, then just 
you you got to keep going. You just got to keep keep on keep on keeping on. That's right. Because that one thing that George just said, that believing in yourself and your ability to succeed, that belief can conquer any other thing. That and of course your faith. But that belief that yes I can do it. Yes, I'm going to make it. Yes, I'm okay. Getting up every morning. Remember, attitude is a choice. Every day when you get up, attitude is a choice. And you shouldn't let anyone ever dampen your dreams because as long as you believe it and you go for it, anything is possible. Yeah. So I agree, I agree with George 100%. I do. Well, George... If you had to leave a message with our listeners today, what would that message be? That message, I want I want people to get from me to that that my my mission and my message, I guess, is to just not don't give up and keep going. And we all have that one thing that we are passionate about, and that we it's just that thing that makes us click and for me it's music and for others it may be anything else but I that's that's the thing that we we gotta do that one thing and I just want people to not let an obstacle it can it can it can it may, can, it may be able to hinder them a little bit but not don't let it take you so far down that you can't you don't have the will to get yourself back up because I just I believe in purpose, and I believe that we we all have a higher purpose in this life, and um, and if we let things get in the way of that, then that's we don't have a chance to get that back. So we just we we have to make the most of who we are. That's right, and you know what, you George, for all you know, you not only inspired people, you may have saved a life today. And you definitely probably help lift people up, people with disabilities, when other people are putting them down. As I always say, don't let anyone put a lid on your dream. You go for it. You go for it. You believe in you. Don't believe in others. You believe in you and your own faith. Uh, you go for it. Well, George, first of all, I want to thank you for being with us today as a guest. You were really great to have on the show today. I really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much for for having me on here. All right. Well, we end every show with a quote from someone that has impacted the lives of people with disabilities or people in general. And today that quote is, Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition-inspired, and success achieved, said Helen Keller. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 